0: you are listening to me A Man, with your host, Jack Garrity. Hey everybody, this is Jack Gary. you listening to Be A Man, welcome! It's the man, it's, it's, it's the podcast that works at expanding our idea of what it means to be a man. We have raw, honest conversations, we talk about shit on here, um, it's going somewhere eventually, I imagine. And uh, it's only being held back by the limitations created by my fear of challenging myself and the fear of being unable to um, perform the role of... Uh, carrying this conversation forward so uh you know just doing my best trying to push this thing along uh sometimes i feel like it's a little tedious other times i feel like we're doing a good good stuff and uh yeah so um that's that that's the show if you're new to the show um i try to uh create a an atmosphere where I can say things that um, I might be a little nervous to say or feel like someone might, you know, come at me about saying or, you know, I want to create a place where people can come on here and just speak freely and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Um, it's the idea that we can share ideas, honestly, is pretty gosh dang important to me. And I've just been thinking recently a lot about um politics um and like social movements and uh like the way we carry on discussions uh, culturally with each other and I'm thinking I've been thinking a lot about the episode I recorded recently with my brother called is the office funny and uh It's just, I don't, I don't think that conversation's over and because this is my podcast and I can talk about it, whatever I want, I'm going to revisit that conversation. I believe in a way in, uh, in pieces and patches, I guess. It's just been on my mind, you know? So the, this is the dilemma I get to sometimes. And I start to get in my head a little bit is that I'm a straight white guy. Okay. That's like, the perspective I'm coming from on the show. And it's kind of like the whole premise of the show is that I'm precisely the type of person who, uh, is, is being told by other, by liberal people, especially that like, you know, white men need to just shut up essentially. And I've taken that cue, uh, and, You know, I take it with a grain of salt, obviously, because I don't think any of us should just be silent. Uh, But, you know, you you take that for what it's worth. And I basically just, you know, tried to create this platform where I can ask people stuff and people can talk and tell me things. So I don't have to be soliloquizing all the time. Um, I still do a lot of soliloquizing. Uh, but, um, what am I saying? I, so that's the whole, that's the whole point of the show is that I'm a straight white guy and I want to create a place where like we can still have conversations and I can try to find out ways to like get these ideas going and have these conversations going that are awkward and weird for someone like me to start. But then I get into situations like this topic of like, is the office insensitive is it racially and um uh is it racially insensitive is it insensitive towards women and does that mean that it's not funny anymore is it outdated and and I'm like well I have ideas that I feel really strongly about but I'm not sure if I'm the vessel for them I think generally uh the way I would put it is that not all my ideas, but some ideas I'm like, yeah, I'm right. But I don't think anyone's going to listen to me when I say it. And maybe we all have, I'm, maybe that's all how we feel about our ideas, but I feel like I'm, uh, I feel like I'm right <laughs> about a lot of things. And I just don't think if I start talking about it, especially when it comes to race and gender, that like people are going to fucking give a shit. Uh, because Of who I am. But, um, I have the mindset that, you know, the only way to be, uh, really pushing this, I these conversations forward is to get everybody's input and, um, they're only going to be pushed forward if we all have an open mind and we listen to each other. So I kind of, I feel like I'm just in the mood to take some risks and uh, none of y'all are interacting with me as much as I want you to. So I figure, like, maybe I just need to be more provocative and shoot straight from the hip. And um, I don't know how much of that I'll be doing today, but it's in my heart I want to. Um, I, I So I've just been mauling over my conversation with my brother, and I mean... I disagreed with a lot of what he said, but you know, I'm like, I need to take space with a lot of these things. I, I can't just immediately say like, Oh, that's wrong. I don't like, I don't know. And I don't know if that's even the proper answer. I think this is all up for discussion and negotiation who can say what, who can make jokes uh, to who um, what's funny anymore. That's something I think we all decide every moment of every day. It's not like any moment that suddenly happens. Like, oh, the Me Too movement happened. This is allowed now. This is allowed. It's all negotiated constantly. Every time we have conversations, we're negotiating these things. And um, what, what i what I've, where I'm at now essentially is that I. My issue with all these conversations is that so far I have only heard white people making these complaints about what is sensitive, what is insensitive, and I am just overwhelmingly more interested in hearing the people who the jokes are about talk about them. Like, you know, there's a lot of um sorry I touched the spring on the mic stand there are there has been a a movement of people I would say like newly conscious white people who are suddenly like figuring out some rules they they feel like they're figuring out some rules of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, like a man can only make jokes about other men or white, a white man can only make jokes about other white men. You can't make jokes about black people, black women, women, uh, queer people, anybody else really except white men. And, you know, um, and they feel like, I feel like there's supposed to be these lines drawn in the sand. And I think it's more like, it just depends on who you're dealing with because you can't ever describe, you can't just ever look at someone and say, that's a black queer man. Um, he's not going to accept this joke because black queer men are not a monolith. Like the, these lines we're drawing for each other doesn't mean that we are all alike in all those wh- all the same ways because I'm a white man, therefore this white guy next to me Shares the same beliefs. I don't think any one of us actually believe that about ourselves, but that's how we like view other people. It's because we don't, we still don't understand people who are different from us. And we, by like drawing these lines and defining people further and further, we're continuing to draw these like draw each other into boxes whereas I feel like the initial idea there was to fight the segregation of our identities and to fight the segregation of our culture was to identify each other further and further and uh, you just can't do that talking about gender and sexuality and race because like race doesn't exist you know, and um, you pick two gay men out of, out of a crowd, that doesn't mean they think the same things or feel the same things about the same things. So the fact that I keep hearing, well, primarily, you know, just in my experience, I keep hearing, like, it's so far, it's only been two white people who have said that the office is uh, insensitive and it's not funny anymore. Um, that just gives me pause I'm I mentioned John Cho in the episode with my brother that um, I had heard him say that, you know he was on set for this movie and he was in the script he was supposed to be saying this uh, joke about Asians and he was like you know what this is kind of tired like can we just not have this in the culture like why does this even have to continually exist and that resonated with me greatly And I don't need, I'm not looking for, you know, people to constantly be the only ones defending themselves. I know that, you know, we need to have these conversations be more broad and bring more people into these conversations. But, um, like my brother said, we need to have these, we need to have more of these conversations in white spaces about what is insensitive, what is offensive and, You know, what's the proper way to treat people? And I agree with that with a caveat. Like, it can't only be in white spaces that these conversations are being held. Like, we need to be reading books written by transgender people. We need to be reading books by gay people, queer people, black people, people of color, people from all over the world. We need to be engaging in the culture that is created by. These people were trying to defend and speak up for because, and then we need to make friends with these people. We need we need to maybe just participate in conversations that these people are having. Um, you know, I'll be careful about saying these people, but it, it's hard to talk about these things. I'm I'm trying to uh, blur the lines in the groups we're creating, and so I have to talk about. the 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 lines that have been drawn so do you you understand (laughs) are you with me um and when i say these people i'm specifically referring to the delineations we all regard you know in like uh non-terms of uh fuck it whatever i don't give a shit uh you know what i mean uh we we need to be, like, listening in conversations that are held by people um, that were, you know, queer people, transgender people, and people of color. And we need to be reading their books. Um, I don't think it's like uh, you read one book by Phoebe Robinson, and then you just go to your friend, and you're like, okay, I get it. Like, okay, I'm, I'm expanding all these rules I now understand, about microaggressions and racial biases and and black people hair and I'm just gonna uh, assert all these new ideas across the board to everyone and then you have to follow these rules and if you don't, you're racist um, i th- I just think the world is way more complex than we all want to believe it is so. You know we need to understand that there that context is extremely important, and details matter like nuance exists nuance is a thing. so when I hear someone like my brother or this other person i I don't mean to call up my my brother. he's been on the show. I'm not trying to like bring any you know you listen to the episode, so you know what I'm referring to, and I know that my brother. Um, is the kind of person who's like willing to engage in this stuff. So I'm, I'm not trying to put him on blast, but he's sadly just the example I'm using. Uh, so when I hear people like these two whiteys who came up and just said, the office is insensitive, blah, blah, blah. It's not funny anymore. I think the whole office, the whole show is no good anymore. It was nine seasons. That's like 180 episodes roughly. Um, it's all bad now because diversity day was hard for your virgin white ears to listen to. Um, okay, maybe let's talk about that one episode and that one episode I'm happy to talk about. Um, that I think is the episode that was pulled into question because, um, I think in August of 2021 Comedy Central was running a marathon of the office and they neglected to air Diversity Day which is I believe the second episode of the first season it's a pretty um famous episode perhaps to some people it's infamous but the whole premise is that Michael gets everyone into the conference room and like has everyone tape a note card to their head with a different race or ethnicity or gender or like a famous person like he's wearing the card martin luther king jr on his forehead and i think is kevin italian or something and um And then the whole episode is basically like, you need to interact with this person as if they are the person on the, as if they are the thing listed on the card. And it's in my mind, it's this really preposterous idea. That's like a boss seemingly in his twisted way, trying to like his, in his perverse idea of what, like, um, racial equality is or um, he's trying to like teach people about each other but he's just doing it in the worst way because he's a fool and everyone is uncomfortable no one agrees with what he's doing he gets slapped Michael gets slapped because he's being extremely insensitive and I think he even recites a part of a Chris Rock joke and I think he says the n-word or something they bleep him out if I remember correctly And um, he's just out of control, ridiculous. And I thought that was the point. I thought that's the point that, like, can you believe this fool thinks that this is going to be helpful for people to better understand each other? Um, And apparently people at Comedy Central didn't think it, like, it should be aired. And so they they just they didn't announce it or anything they just played the whole series and didn't air that episode and um i i just i don't agree with that being the method of like how we solve insensitivity is by censoring each other and like stripping everything of its context um and I also had the other person who brought up this is not my brother this is another person who brought up um, the other person who brought up The Office being unfunny also said that The Birdcage starring Nathan Lane uh, Gene Hackman and Robin Williams um, also fucked up because they cast Robin Williams as a gay man and this was like a year ago, I believe. Yeah. We had this conversation. I didn't say anything. Cause you know, in this way, this is like the work I've been trying to do as a white man is like, all right, say your piece. Like, I don't know. I got, I got to absorb this. Cause this is a new idea to me. Cause I thought the birdcage was fucking hilarious movie. Um, and Robin Williams, Nathan Lane are epic, you know, and they're good in everything they do, and Robin Williams is an alien. He's just like, you. how can you even describe Robin Williams? So the fact that this person said that, like, the birdcage, you know, I don't know what they said they would do with the birdcage like I don't think they want to like I don't know if they want to like you know quote unquote cancel it or whatever like you know but they're just saying that they fucked up because they cast a straight man as a gay man and I know that that is a problem that is a pretty consistent problem in Hollywood that not only are these roles constantly constantly whitewashed where white people play everybody of every nationality and background and skin color and then straight men play everybody, women, gay men, trans women, whatever. And, you know, sometimes even play black people and, um, uh, that's a little bit less and less, but, uh, I, my, my thought was like, okay, go ahead, take Robin Williams out of the movie you suddenly have a movie that is not as good because you're talking about a guy who is like, you'll never, no one has ever seen anyone like Robin Williams before and they'll never see anybody like him again. I feel like there are maybe a couple exceptions. Can we discuss that? Is that a possibility? Am I way off there? I don't think I'm off there. See, that's one of those things I'm thinking like, I think I might be right about that. I think we could make some exceptions. Now, the context of this is of course that there have always been straight men playing gay men. And that plays into a whole other like, uh, you know, that, that uh, cascades into all these other things of like, you know, how kids grow up or how we as a culture perceive gay men. Um, And it, it deprives gay men of roles in big movies or opportunities that they're being deprived of and like those are really serious things so um that's the context of that so in that way I understand that but it's Robin Williams are you telling me that he couldn't have played Mrs. Doubtfire I know that's a different role because the whole movie is about him being a man dressed as a woman whereas Birdman is just he's a gay man so it's different but eh there's kind of kind of some uh crossover there and one thing that so that that was my instinct there and it still remains there to this day robin williams is i think a rare exception he's a he might blur some of those boundaries just because of how great he was if you disagree with any of this stuff you can email me at beamanpod gmail.com i encourage you reach out to me before you leave a review. Just just that's all. That's all I say. That'd be great. Uh, so one thing that opened my eyes in this manner, in this conversation was when I went to the show Wednesday that I had mentioned, I believe, in the um, the episode, Is the Office Funny? And it was just such a good show because they described so complexly the differences between the perspectives of who can tell what story accurately and like who can who can wear the skin of certain characters you know like who has the authority to understand what that actually is and one really incredible piece that was brought up I forget exactly who said this so I don't want to misquote anyone I'll just say it was mentioned in the show that someone believed they were they're talking about how men had always played trans women in culture in, in largely in movies and they believed that that was a big factor in the violence toward trans women because people viewed them as men dressed as women, as not, um, authentic women or how, you know, however you would say that, like they, a lot of the, they described a lot of the violence being, um, because they didn't accept trans women as truly women. So, you know, a lot of the violence can be because of hatred of themselves for, uh, or the other person for considering them to be gay or other or something that they can't properly define. So, um, I found that to be fascinating because I would never made that connection myself. And I think that's why in, in a lot of these instances, it does matter who is portraying who. Um, Representation does matter and context matters. And if you had women or trans women playing trans women in movies, then you would be able to see these characters um, in their proper skin. And you would be able to see them... uh, being, being portrayed in a more authentic way. And uh, yeah, that was pretty fascinating to me. And it makes me think of all the movies in which I've seen transgender women being played and it's always been a man. And a lot of times those men will get uh, awards for their ability to play that role. And, uh, I don't know what that says, but maybe that's in a way that like speaks to our understanding of the challenge. It would be to embody that yet. it still shows us how far we are from understanding how, far they are away from truly embodying that role like we understand it's a big undertaking for a man to understand what it would be to be a woman but we still don't fully understand that like they could never know you know so the award basically goes to Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club for like great guess that's a really good attempt We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit
0: I'm not, I'm not giving up on the office yet. Office holds too big a part of my heart, and um, I don't plan on giving up on the office. I think there's a lot more you can take issue with with the office, then like it's offensive and insensitive. Here's here's the other thing that you know, s- straight from the mouth of a straight white man. Just buckle up, okay? Is being offended the end of the world? <laughs> That's exactly the way I phrased it. I believe in uh the complaint of the week. Episode, and I stopped to rephrase it because it's just like an il- inelegant way of posing that question. But okay, here's my question The Office it has episodes that are insensitive and offensive, so that doesn't mean it can exist. Why are we so afraid of being offended? I know, I know, I know I'm a white guy I know I'm a straight white guy, I get it but please don't paint me into a box for a second and just hear the idea can't we be uncomfortable? can't we be pissed and hateful and angry at an idea being expressed and then can't we express that hatred and anger throw the remote and then we all still exist and then we adapt and change together I don't think the appropriate response is diversity day is an offensive episode let's quietly erase it who does that teach anything to who does that like who does that uh, speak to who's going to End of sentence. Who's going to end of sentence? A lot of these ideas I have, I don't have all the words for. Uh, This is kind of an episode where I'm I'm just putting it out there. Really want engagement on this. Kind of dying for it. There's no point in me doing this episode if nobody engages with this topic. You know, I talk to a lot of people. It's a lot of friends who are like, oh, great job. This is really good. But, and that feels really great. But I'm at a point where I'm kind of like, I'm only hearing nice things. I don't think that's a good thing. I, I need people to listen to this uh, who have other thoughts and are willing to share those other thoughts. Um, so that's your invitation. I think that white woke liberalism is is just childish in a lot of ways. It's a lot of virtue signaling, it's a lot of oh I I read white fragility. I know this now. Um It's a lot of, you know, uh, what's that, uh, armchair experting. It's like sitting around, not, you know, engaging with the actual people you're discussing. You're just like listening to an MSNBC video for three minutes and then going to your closest liberal friend and shouting your new idea and um I think uh, there just needs to be a lot more cross-pollination and I mean maybe it's a symptom of the internet where we can all just find our groups and you know that's generally the way we've all been migrating is like we find our little bubbles we all have our bubbles in the city that are typically more liberal and then It just gets more and more conservative the farther you get out from these liberal bubbles and that's the same way the internet works too where it's like we can find our places of like-minded individuals which is nice in a lot of ways but then in a lot of other ways it keeps us completely insulated and separate from having actual conversation with people that can like push things forward and then you get ideas like this where it's like... we we. I mean, people talk about the liberal... Was it the woke uh, mob or something? I think Aaron Rodgers <laughs> referred to that. I think it's probably like 12 people who were in a Facebook group. It's like they found each other. And they got in the echo chamber and they bounced it off each other. And they're all like loud and shit. Like... I don't think these groups are actually that big. I just think because they're able to find each other, they get loud fast. And I think the large majority of people are more... I tend to think people in America are slightly left of center. But I don't know. Where A a lot of people are pretty in the middle. A lot of people don't give a fuck. A lot of people these things of race and gender don't impact their lives. And that's the way they describe it because, uh, a lot of people live in homogenous communities of a lot of mostly, uh, you know, a lot of people who are like them. And then they think that, uh, this is the way everybody is. And I, you know, I don't like race doesn't impact my life because I live around white people and only white people. So like, Racism isn't that big of a deal. Because <laughs> there's no black people here. And uh, and they just want to... Uh, fucking wake up and ride their fucking mower and get their kid to school and get paid a shitty wage at their job and come home and have a beer and go to bed. And a lot of these issues just don't resonate with a lot of other people. The thing is that... what I am understanding more and more is that as a, as a straight white guy, I might fall into that boat because my lens has always been like the lens that culture has looked through and the lens that media has looked through. So it's easy to, for a guy like me straight white guy to say, Oh, race doesn't matter to me. gender doesn't matter to me, which I don't, I don't feel that way, but I'll, I can understand why someone says that because, yeah, it might not matter to you because it literally doesn't impact your life. You never have to think about what gender you are or what race you are or what your background is or what country your uh, great-grandparents are from. It just it hasn't affected you really. Whereas a queer person, uh, a queer African immigrant for example in america has to think about their um their identity all the time because it's constantly being they're constantly being viewed in that way and that's how they now have to see the world because it's being forced upon them and i mean that's um, I think yeah that's a challenge for white people to understand. I think generally is that like we just we can never know uh, especially straight white guy like me i I can never know what it's like to be a gay black woman and uh so I'll never know where that person is coming from I'll never fully understand it. I can try. Uh, you know, I went on a date recently and, uh, I told the woman I went on a podcast. So next time I saw her, she was like, Oh, I listened to an episode of your podcast. And, uh, I said, Oh, which one? She was like, I don't know. You were just kind of rambling. And I was like, yeah. Okay. Which one? (laughs) I could be any one of them. That's how I feel about this one, too. I mean, that's the show. Even when I'm talking to people, it's just a ramble. What's uh, Wrap it up, Jack. How are you going to wrap this up? Conclude, conclude your message in, uh, in this episode. You know, my message in this episode, audience, is that uh, this is just kind of like a lot of word vomit, okay? This is a lot of idea vomit. I've just had these things on my chest. I'm working them out. Please just give me some slack here and engage please. And uh, let's just see what kind of magic we can make about these topics, if anybody's interested. Um, if you got questions or ideas, I'll gladly read them on my next episode. Um, or not or I can just read them you can tell me if you don't want them to be read but I'll gladly do it Um, I want to say these things because I I need a place to jump off from so that we can like react to it Uh, so this is the kind of episode where I I'm like oh god am I really going to talk about this? it's going to be so awkward Uh, but I did it here I am, thirty-five minutes later. Uh, I talked about it, and uh, there it is. So, with any luck, it's mildly coherent. And uh, yeah, email us at um, beamanpod at gmail dot com, and you can DM us on Instagram at b underscore a underscore man underscore pod on Instagram and you could also engage with us on patreon.com slash bmn and um we got merch on there check it out merch is cute and uh yeah rate us keep rating us on apple podcasts that's been really fun i want to get more of those going on there and i gotta thank my babies and my transcendentals Thank you, everybody. That's Fran, Christian, Seth, Lyra, and Linda. Thank you so much for your patronage and your chivalry and your philanthropy and your benefactorishness. And um, I love you. I'll be talking to you next week. Take care now. Bye. <laughs> Be a Man is produced, designed, edited, and engineered by Jack Garrity. Music is composed by DJ Jazzy Juicy. Logo designed by Aiden Garrity. Nothing is copyrighted, but please don't steal anything. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky
1: just about anywhere.